0: Hey, what up? The podcast is back. This is the Leafs combo for Oak Ridge Ford. It is Sunday, August sixteenth, twenty twenty. I'm Norm, along with Mike. Well, that was kind of fun while it lasted. Really, not so much. Hockey continues without the Maple Leafs. Mike, good morning.
1: Good morning, Norm. Uh, yeah, it's it's disappointing, but expected. As you know, as I think we talked about uh, before the series started, I predicted the Blue Jackets in five and hit it right on target. But I don't say that with any kind of you know, joy, it, it was just simply a fact that the way this team has played throughout the year and consistently at one point really well, at one point dis- disastrous defensively, I didn't think they had the consistency or the makeup to be able to beat a team that plays heavy hockey like the Blue Jackets. And in the end, it wasn't their defense that let them down. It wasn't even their goaltending that let them down uh, in spite of the criticism that Freddie Anderson has faced. It was their offense that let them down. And you know, by Sheldon Keefe having to lump together Tavares, Marner, and Matthews on one line in a deciding Game 5, that's an indicator that the, the vaunted depth of the Leafs' offense wasn't, wasn't breaking through against a team that could play defense, and in the end, that's what killed them.
0: This series represented what the entire season had been for the Maple Leafs, inconsistent. Highs, lows, highs, lows, down, up. Mm-hmm. In the end, uh, they were down more than they were up versus the Blue Jackets, and now they are planning for the season to come after this playoff tournament, Mike.
1: From the uh, the season-ending media availability of some of the players and, and then Brendan Shanahan, Kyle Dubas, and Sheldon Keefe, I, c- I think you can feel from what the players are saying that they're expecting something to happen, um, and I think f- – Based on, you know, sort of the shrouded comments of Shanahan and Dubis, particularly that that something is going to happen. The question is what, and I, I you know, I, I know that Dubis took a little heat, um, and and as he should, because he's he's the guy, he's he's the man mm-hmm. with the plan, um, you know, took a little heat for the composition of the roster and the core four making almost forty million dollars, and you know, I think smartly said, I still believe in them and they're all great players and they are, but, but the, but what he was doing was, I think him and Shanahan recognizes that the current group is flawed, that they're one dimensional and that by going out and saying like Jim Rutherford said in Pittsburgh or David Poyle said in Nashville, Oh, we're going to make changes. We're going to blow things up. It doesn't help because you're in the big media market of Toronto and by doing that, then all you're going to have is 5 million hockey fans sitting there twiddling their thumbs, waiting for Kyle Dubas to make his move and other general managers sensing the fact that he's got to make a move, so I'm going to rake him over the coals. It does them no good, but I think they recognize that this group is flawed and that changes have to be made. The question is, over the next couple months until training camp starts in mid-November, is what changes will be
0: made. So we can look at the team and say it's top-heavy. Kyle Dubas can feel that way. Actions Mm -hmm. speak louder than words in this circumstance. There's no point disparaging his horses. They're all really good. But do you need this much good in one aspect of the game Mm -hmm. when you are lacking in others? So Kyle Dubas has to put his thoughts and his plan into practice quietly. doesn't have to say too much about it. Just go out and augment this group with lopsided abilities um, and, you know, try to even it out. I wonder how he does that in an effective way. Like that's what, that is what we're going to find out. You, you can try to trade one of the big contract guys. You can try to trade the moderate contract guy and, and bring in uh, a, an impact type of player to, who can make an impact because look Mike, this team should not be in a position where um, some subtractions and some additions cause the team to regress a few steps. <laughs> There's enough talent here where you should be able to um, supplant one with another and, and take off to the next level. And, and that's, that's Kyle Dubas's task between now and when the puck drops in the next season
1: and Brendan Shanahan said you know i mean somebody questioned him about i think it was Steve Simmons questioned him about the fact that the team points wise has gotten worse the last two seasons and he admitted yeah yes he that they they believe the talent is better but the mix hasn't uh, hasn't worked or isn't working and you know that's something that has to be rectified and the question is you know again how do they do it and they have to sort of look at things dispassionately. Uh, personally, I, I don't think that tweaking moves, that adding fifth or sixth defensemen and third and fourth line forwards and trading a Caspery Kapanen is enough. I, I think for them to get the impact player that they need on the blue line they're going to have to trade a William Nylander now. If they can get that impact player without trading Nylander, I, you know I'm all for it. But I, I don't see how, especially with the cap space that they have. They have about a little under five million in cap space. They have a roster that's all signed up except for Ilya Mikhaev and uh, Travis Dermott. And you know, based on the cap being flat, they can probably get those players signed either with one year qualifying offers or you know a, a a negotiation on a one year or two year bridge deal, but it's got to be more than that. If they go to training camp and the only changes are, you know, bonoff from the KHL, <laughs> Letnin from the KHL, nobody's going to be happy. And I don't, I really don't think that that's what uh, Kyle Dubas is going to sell because, as somebody, somebody said, if he goes into the next season with just those sort of minuscule changes and this team. Falls flat as they did, or underachieves as they did, then his job might be on the line after next season.
0: Because of what is owing Tavares, Matthews, and Marner, are those three ride or die with this team and this group? It will be those three as the front men and everyone Mm -hmm. else behind them.
1: First of all, Tavares has a no move clause. So, and you know, he came here and the organization will not. Go down that road, and honestly, you know, other than having an injury early in the year that he came back from a broken he's been finger,
0: he's done exactly he's been, what he's supposed to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and Austin Matthews, I mean, the only complaints that anybody can have about Austin Matthews. Is maybe a little bit of a lack of maturity, but he is 22 years old. I mean, I, again, I don't, I don't understand that. You know, coming out and making the comments about Steve Simmons after Game One when he should be focused about the fact that the team played terribly. And, you know, he, even though he was good. Um, but you know, and the uh, obviously the off the ice things before the season, but he's that a top.
0: Mike that rallies his minions yeah. on social media. It's woe, it's woe is me.
1: Yes. Say, say, what but you
0: say what you will about Steve Simmons. Is, is Steve Simmons the, the righteous, wonderful, sweet person that, you know, the greatest person of all time? No, that's not his game. He, we know what he's about. So say what you will about him on Austin mm-hmm. Matthews' uh, side of it. Um, you know, shut the yeah. hell up. Just go play. Forget about it. I know, you know, we can have a, our argument over whether that was a, the right thing to do. You, but look, consider the source, move on. Anyway, that's for, for us, Matthews, you're right. But the guy is like a top five player in the league. You're not, exactly. not going to move him. And on Marner, I don't know, man, the guy, the guy's a jack. He does everything. And he, a guy like that who's on the ice so much, who's going to be playing uh, five on five, even strength minutes, power play, mm-hmm. shorthanded. He's out there so much he's susceptible to mistake and criticism uh, that uh, uh, is unwarranted most of the time because the guy is such an effing workhorse. So I think those three are the ride or die. And that does um, leave a few really good players who have good contracts and who produce well out in the cold in terms of this circumstance.
1: Yeah. um, I mean, I know there's been some mention about, you know, trading Marner. I mean, Good luck. First of all, I I don't think you trade a guy who and and not to say it's based on just the fact that he's from Toronto, but a a Toronto kid who loved the Leafs his entire life, who is one of the is one is one is one of the best young players in the league. Of course, that's what Uh, I'm
0: getting at, Mike, is where he's from. Uh, you know, where he's indigenous to in terms of region and play, all of that stuff is fine and dandy. If the guy couldn't produce, big shit, he's done. But as right. for, the, for the reason I laid out and for the, the reasons you know, Mitch Marner isn't one of the guys you're, you're going to to move off this roster. He's one of the three rider Dice. OGs, Converts, you let us know who you think the big three are. Um, do you move Marner out and put Nylander in? Is it Tavares you want to see gone? Do you think Matthews is a big enough baby that he should be shipped out and it should be, you know, Nyland or Tavares Marner? We have lots of time on our hands. Let us know who you think the big three are. Or do you think one of those guys should be shipped off and another uh, top forward come in? And it's interesting that we are talking about um, the forward group uh, and, uh, you know, who the the trifecta will be at the top leading this thing forward. Uh, when the Leafs have so many problems on the back end of things, Mike, which leads us to our next point as the OGs and converts fill up the community um, comment section and, of course, the the posts that we'd like to see below this combo on YouTube. Uh, Is there any way for this team, Mike, to catapult itself from averageness defensively to really um, balancing out on the defensive end, what well, it has offensively? I,
1: well, I think there obviously has to be a real reallocation of, um, funds being devoted to defense as opposed to forwards. I think the breakdown was 55 million towards the forward group. And right now with CC and Barry likely gone, uh, there's only 15 million allocated towards, uh, Riley Muzzin, Paul and the young, the youngsters. So we know that there's going to be additions. Uh, the question is, and I, I, I think personally that they need at least two defensemen, preferably right-handed, uh, to bolster, to replace riot, uh, to replace uh, CC and, and Barry. And I know that one name that's been mentioned by, you know, Jeff Merrick and a few others on, uh, in terms of, um, what the Leafs are looking for, and I, I wholeheartedly would agree with this, is targeting a guy like Red Kogutis, who um, would bring a, a, a toughness that I think has been missed since Roman Polak, uh, with a with a with a better package in terms of you know he's probably you know faster than Polak was at the end of his career, but he plays with that same edge and uh, somebody who's in the playoffs right now with Washington, but again the the what I think has to be done here is that Dubis need will need to search out the market and see where he can get a top four mm. right-handed defenseman. What will that be Matt Dumba in Minnesota? Supposedly uh they were interested in Neilander uh back uh, when he was having his contract squabbles and they're a team that needs offense. Will it be will they will they trade Neilander for young assets? for, for cheap assets and use the cap space to go after Alex Petrangelo. We, you know, we don't know. There's a number of avenues that they can, uh, they can pursue. I, I've heard, you know, that maybe they go after like a clefbaum bomb or a Adam Larson uh, with Edmund. Sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, there are all sorts of options, but it's clear they need to explore one of those options. If they can get, if they can get, uh, Clefbaum or one of you know one of the Edmonton top four for a Caspery Kapanen who I think may be on his way out because he was very inconsistent mm-hmm. and underwhelming at times this year you know so be it that's that's fantastic but if it costs the Neilander, at this point you need to subtract from one area where you're you have significant depth and you need to address that area. And it not only just on the blue line. Mm-hmm. There has to be there has to be a realization, and I think that it started in this playoff series against Columbus that the forwards need to pay the yeah. price to play defensively. And they did. It's just they weren't they weren't multidimensional enough to be able to play defense yeah. in their own end and generate offense at the other end.
0: Milander's so valuable. He's such a good offensive player and he's a good teammate does he have as well-rounded a game as someone like Marner and who, if Marner was the one traded, who picks up all of those minutes, who picks up, who fills in for all of that versatility. It's a, it's a tough one. Ideally you'd like to keep all of these guys, but the guru, the Messiah has kind of put himself in a tough spot. And, um, 80, 88 is the easiest guy to move, which sucks because you want him on your team, man. He, he's so good. Um, but in this circumstance, you you've got to do what's right for the the team as a whole and i'm not this isn't Nylander versus marner anymore guys we're not f- fucking around with that stuff anymore what we're talking about here is how to make this team effective enough to get out of the bloody first round and move on because these guys are getting a little bit older now This should be hitting uh, entering these the pre-prime stage and this nonsense of getting knocked out by f and columbus in the first round like Something's got to change, and unfortunately, a player we love and we th- think highly of may have to get moved because contractually, they are the easiest to, to exchange with another player. Mike, uh, Radko Gudis reminds me of Racky from <laughs> Youngblood, mm-hmm. he is, he, and he is like Roman Polak 2.0, um, slightly better looking, which doesn't say too much, and Clefbaum would be a great addition just for his name.
1: Well, uh, the thing with Goodis is, you know, he's been and he always plays on the edge. He's been suspended a number of times, which would be a, con- a little bit of a concern. But um, I-, I believe that, you know, and the funny thing is that while Polak's uh, numbers analytically were not good, you know, he was the type of defenseman that you know, you saw the results on the ice. Gutis, you see the results on the ice and his numbers are good analytically. So that may be a reason, you know, just like Kyle Clifford, people were making the point that, you know, not only was Kyle Clifford the type of sandpaper player that the Leafs needed. Yeah. The analytics, the analytics crew. I know, I know. Liked- Mike,
0: real quick, I'm just gonna stop you. How, analytically, where was Montreal? Analytically, where was Columbus? Analytically, where was Chicago? Analytically. Well, yeah. Analytically. Yeah. Like it's great. It's great. And again, where it's 2020. It's not 2015. It's not 2010. We've been having these arguments forever. But analytically, sure. analytically, what the F does that get you? Where does well, that take
1: I, you? I, I I agree, but we know that most of this league factors that in. And I'm just yeah. saying that I, I think a guy like Goodis satisfies both sure. areas. Bo- both the, the, ho- the hockey, ice, you know, the, the ones who see what the player does yeah. and, the ones, and the ones who calculate yep. what they do based on numbers. Sure. So now, you know, I, I personally think that there's – there, you know, there's going to be an influx of new talent. I think you'll see Nick Robertson be part of this roster next season. You're going to see Baraban the KHL or who uh, signed a one-year deal during the yep. during the pause. Um, uh, Miko Lettinen uh, will be a factor on the blue line, but they're going to have to go out and probably add a few players at minimum sure. contract. Uh, and and the interesting thing is one somebody from your neck of the woods. Uh, Jumbo Joe has been <laughs> rumored to be somebody that they go after.
0: <laughs> I thought we were talking about bringing in impact players, not kids and the elderly.
1: Well, I, and, and right, and that's the thing. It's like uh, and Jason there, those Spezza,
0: guys are like you're talking mostly forwards, too. Um, right. Yeah.
1: Right, but but I mean, what I'm saying is, you know, Jason Spezza had a very positive impact on this team after November the twentieth. And wants to come back. And I think the organization wants him back. But I but I also think that they're keeping their options open to see what will be out on, in the free agent market. And with the cap staying flat, there will be opportunities in this free agent market to find bargains. And do they want to use up a contract on a 37-year-old player like like Spezza, who I think still has something to contribute? Not, not, if it was me, I would re-sign him. Um, but would that would that signing prevent them from signing a Joe Thornton? Now, you know, Joe Thornton is 41 years old. He looks like he's in decline. Um, I've seen, I saw pictures of him during during the pause where he looked like he had a bit of a paunch, but, you know, a player can get back into shape.
0: It's, a, it's, a, it's, just, a, it's just a question of – How old are you, Mike? How old am I? Like, I'm thinking to myself, these guys are in decline with paunches and they're younger than us.
1: Oh, yeah, crap. Well, and I remember
0: I, when Jason Spencer was a rookie. When he played for the Windsor Spitfires and the, the Missug Ice Dogs or something like that, I remember when he was yeah. a kid. I was doing television. He's now he's a he's a has been.
1: He's an elder <laughs> statesman. Yeah, but oh, but you know, my. but those but you know those players are sort of supplemental players. Mm. I mean, I think if they if they bring Spetsa back or if they add Thornton, it's going to have a limited effect. Yeah. I mean, a guy a guy who's in the locker room like Patrick Marlowe mm-hmm. was like Spezza was as, you know, sort of to deflect some of the focus away from yeah. away from the star players. But I think that, you know, if they don't trade a under, you're going to see extensive changes with, you know, guys like Kerfoot or Kapanen or Janssen because they're making over 3 million bucks and that, you know, with the depth that they have organizationally yeah. up front, they're going to need to clear that space to, to sign or add defensemen. And that, that's, that will be, Kyle Dubas' main task.
0: So you have the big four, then you have the support guys, Janssen, Capitan, then the kids coming up, Mikheyev, Robertson. It's all great, but not th- those guys can't coexist forever in this era of hockey with the salary cap, what it is. You have young defensemen who are going to be put into serious action sooner rather than later. But you need a stalwart back there. And then, Mike, beyond that, systematically, the team um, might not have the talent to support the way it should be playing. And if you want to change the philosophy completely, then all bets are off. Do you really need all of this high-powered talent up front? So these (laughs) these are things for the brass to figure out it's 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 not crunch time for Kyle Dubas. This is what he signed up for, right? Time to roll up the sleeves and figure something out. And hopefully um, the Leafs can generate some uh, hunger and some want and desire watching a lot of these teams who shouldn't even be playing now, pushing forward to win this bloody Stanley Cup thing that's going on that I wish the Leafs were still a part of, but they don't deserve to be. Mike, last word to you.
1: Yeah, I mean the definition of insanity is repeating the yeah, same thing over right. and over. Yeah. So, so I, 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 just think that you know, and they they admitted in their media availability that changes are going to be made. Sure. there's there's a diff there's a difference between changes that were going to be made no matter what because yep. of cap considerations and ch- changes that need to be made because the team over the last four years, in spite of all the talent that they have, is not does not have the right mix of defense, uh, sandpaper, and offense. And you see the teams like Boston, even without their number one goaltender, goes out and beats Carolina, or teams like Vegas that have been put together over the last three years that look like they're going to come out of the West. I mean – you know it's not rocket science. I'm sure, and I'm sure Dubis and Shanahan recognize it, and now they have to go to work and put this team together.
0: OGs converts, let us know how you feel in community or below this post. Mike and I are open to your suggestions, open to your ideas. This is a conversation that we're going to have uh, ongoing for the days, weeks, and months ahead. Um, I worked something out with our combo clothing supplier, got some hoodies in. I owe a few to a few OGs. Um, remind me who you are. I think um, Timberwolf is due for one. And there's someone else. Just remind me. Um, you can message me or you can let me know in your comments. Just be polite about it. Uh, for 20 bucks, you can get a combo hoodie. No problem. Just let me know if you want one. I will let you know the colors, but we can make this happen like right away. Uh, You can get at me uh, at theleafscombo at gmail.com or just yell at me on Twitter or whatever. Let's talk. We have a lot of talking to do uh, going forward because there's not a lot of hockey for us to really sink our teeth into other than what's happening with um, the action in the bubbles. And Mike, I know I already gave you the last word, but I'm going to give you another last word. Uh, I kind of like what I'm watching in all this hockey. I know the Leafs aren't involved. And in a way, that's better because I'm not invested in it, right? I'm not getting up and walking around and leaving the room and peeking around the corner. I'm just watching because I don't give a shit who wins or loses. I think the hockey's been pretty good, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, how this thing shakes out. Double last word, yeah. too.
1: Yeah, I, I'm I think the hockey has been great um, and I'm invested in my playoff uh, hockey pool. And of course, I, I have the good luck of having two players and David Pasternak and Cam Atkinson that have been hurt the last couple games. So yeah. but yeah, it's been great. It's been great hockey in the in the east and in the west. And, uh, you know, I'm following following all the series and writing about it on the hockey buzz. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate that the the blue and white are not in there, but uh, maybe next year
0: one day and you know what we've been lucky i mean the leafs i mean it's been since 67 so it hasn't been that long
1: <laughs> right have a good one thanks norm